Good morning, everyone. That's pretty good. That's good. Hey, so this morning we are finishing up uh, this quick, short uh, Christmas series, The Missing Piece. And so for us, as we talk about Christmas, as we think about Christmas, we can get overwhelmed, whether it be through uh, the things, the activities, the gifts. There, there seems to be a, a constant theme of busyness. Uh, every single day there is something, there's a party, there's a gift to be bought, there's something to be had. And so what we wanted to do was just take a minute, uh, pause in this season, and find what the missing piece is. And, and so um, this idea of peace being something that we all need, we wanted to look further at that. And so last Sunday we had the opportunity uh, to look at the missing piece, and Tyler focused on peace with God. And so we could say that we live in a world where uh, peace with God is missing in a lot of places. And we learned a few things. If you weren't here, I'm just going to give you the points. You can go back and you can rewatch that or I can fill in some holes for you here. The first one was that God's peace comes through humility. And so we understood if we were going to experience peace with God, it had to come through humility and a relationship with Him. Also, we learned that God's glory and our peace are inseparable. And the final thing that Tyler shared was the most basic need that we all have is to have peace with God. We have to have peace with God in order for us to truly understand the magnitude of the songs that we sing, the reason that we celebrate, and what the focus of our season is. And the basis upon everything that we do when it comes to relationships is the outflowing that others experience, and it comes down to peace ultimately. Like think about your own life. Like when we have peace, things are just better, right? Parents, when your kids are peaceful. It's just better, right? It is. It's harmony. And they're playing and they're in another room and they're not, they're not messing with you. They're just, they're just doing their own thing. But just that quick, it can change, right? And, and I, I, I deal with students a lot and it's, it's peace that we seek. But so many times we can't ever experience that because of friends or because of relationships and things like that. Maybe for some of you, Christmas is an awful time. Because peace does not exist. You know that you're going to go to someone's house and there is not peace there. It has never been there. It has never visited that house one time. And you know as you're preparing in the car, you're riding to where you were going and you know it is going to be an awful experience. Is there anybody who deals with that? It's awful, right? We want peace and peace makes things go better. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say that all people want peace. We do. If I could come to you and we did a survey and I said, do you want peace or unrest? Which one would you prefer? And you'd be like, I I'll take the peace. Now, I I'm not crazy to believe that while most people would rather have peace, I understand that we, lived in a we live in a messed up place. And there are some people who just want to watch the world burn. And they would be good with not having peace. And they love going to the family get-togethers. And they just kind of throw something into the fire and just step back and watch it go. There's people who do things like that, and I don't know if they're Christians. I don't know if they truly have the love of God dwelling in them. But the reality is, is this, is that we long for peace. We seek it out. We pursue it. Like Christmas time, people ask for it. My sister used to do pageants when I was younger. She's younger than me, and they would do these things called, the, the, it was like the interview session. And so you'd get these awkward kids standing there, and they would ask them, like, what do you want? Like, I want world peace. I'm like, you're seven. You don't even understand. Like, what, what is world peace to you? 
But they would stand there, and that was like the most popular thing. Or they'd be like, I want a puppy. And you're like, I can get with that. Like, puppies, peace. Those are two great things. But so why is it so hard for us to obtain peace if we all want it, if we all agree that we need it? Why is it so hard for us to experience? And I think the reality is, is that we're not actually pursuing it. It's like, yeah, I want that, but I'm not going to go after it. Be like me, and some of you may be like this as the new year comes. I just, I just want to get in the gym, and I want to be jacked, you know? And some of you are like, I just need to lose like five or ten pounds, and that's all I really care about. Or I just need those pants to fit better. Like some of you are there, and you're like, I'm, this year, I'm going to do it. And then you're like, ah, but I just don't want to go to the gym. Is there something I can do, something I can watch, something I can read, something I can take or consume that makes me just lose the weight. And that's how we are with peace. I would love to have peace, but that's going to require some work. And I don't want to do that. And so when we think about it, it could be tied to a lot of other things that we do in life that has negative effects. Why do people hurt people? Like we all agree, it's not good to murder people. You're all like, yeah, that's an awful thing. Why would we do that? But you know what's going to happen today? Sadly, someone will be murdered on this earth. And we all agree that's bad. It's because sin is in the picture and we have to be able to address that. Tyler introduced us the most important factor last week and that was having this peace with God. See, if we can't experience peace with God, and if we're not seeking out that peace, I don't think that we will ever truly experience true peace. I think we can have moments of happiness. I think we can have moments where things are in harmony. But if we don't have that missing piece of a relationship with Jesus, then I don't think that we can ever experience true peace. And see, we define peace as this wholeness and to be complete. And when you lack the peace with God, you are incomplete you are missing something that is vital. It's a lot like not knowing that you needed something until you experienced how great it is. You guys know what I'm talking about? There's two things that come to my mind. The first one is this money. And you're like, yeah, money's great. I didn't realize until I didn't have any how important it was. No, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the fact of like, I have all different types of forms of money. If you need money, I can pay you in 20 different ways. I could give you cash. Hey, that's that paper stuff that's green. It's got dead presidents on it if you're not familiar with that. Nobody takes it anymore, but some people do. You could give cash right? You, you could go and you could get PayPal. You could do Cash App. You could do Zill. You can do everything, right? There's a hundred different ways, Venmos, all the things, right? You could pay in Bitcoin. People have like artwork that they trade for money. It's crazy, right? You could use a debit card. You could use a credit card. You could probably cut your arm off and give that to somebody for something. When I was growing up, there were two ways to pay for things, cash and check. And if you don't know what check is, it's a piece of paper that you write on that and you give it to somebody and you're like, whoa, we don't take that here. I haven't written a check in years. The last time I wrote a check was because I was like enrolling in direct deposit and they needed to avoid one. That's really all checks are good for now. And to pay that trash company that doesn't take any other forms of payment, right? That's what I'm talking about. Like we only take checks. Okay. And so for me, man, it's so much easier just to pay people. I'm like, hey, well, what's your PayPal? What's your Cash App? What's your Venmo? You take Apple Pay? And they're like, yeah. I don't even have to put my debit card like in the machine anymore, which is weird because I don't know where everybody else's debit card's been, but now my debit card has your debit card stuff on it and I just carry it around with me. I could just like touch the thing. 
pretty soon you're just going to look at me and take my money. It's insane. But I remember as a kid, my grandpa would write a check to himself, go to the bank, cash the check, get the money, and then go to the store. Why? That's crazy. I'm like, no, why would we do this? The other thing that I think about that I didn't realize I needed until I had it was smart devices. I haven't turned a lamp on in over a year. You guys understand how much time I was wasting doing this? Oh my gosh. I'm like, hey, Alexa, turn on the Christmas tree. And it's like, I'm like, wow. My my house is probably, my dogs are just freaking out right now. Like, Like, Alexa, turn on Drew's room. And then it goes on. Hey, Alexa, turn Drew's room to 1%. Hey, turn on Taylor's desk, do these things. I don't, I could literally sit in my chair and do nothing but yell, right? And I didn't realize how great that was. I'll go walk my dog in the morning and I start waking my kids up from down the street. I'm like, hey, turn on this thing, play this song, do this music, whatever. I didn't realize how great it was until I experienced it. And I think that is how it is with peace. You don't realize how much you needed it until you truly experienced it. So this morning, we're going to look at the idea of peace with others. Now, as Tyler and I were talking about this, I was like, man, I could literally talk about this for an entire year. Like, oh, you mean peace with others? Yeah, I I got you. (laughs) I can do that. And what's hard for me is to separate like myself and then what God says about this, because I have a lot of things that I would like to say about having peace with others. And so here's what I want to say. This is not from me. This is, is from the word of God. And so Um, If you're here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus, like we are instructed to be at peace with others. Do you realize that? Like while the world around us is extremely divided, we all have thoughts and opinions about everything. And for whatever reason, when somebody disagrees with us, we feel so strong about our passions and our positions that it moves us to an unhealthy place. You guys realize that? It's crazy to me. Like just this morning, my good dear friend, Curtis Barnes. I love this guy. I love you, Curtis. Did you know that? I love you. Three heart emojis. I love you. (laughs) Now, if you don't know about Curtis Barnes, he's from the great state of Kentucky. He belongs to the big blue nation. Now, him and Justin have sandwiched us Arkansas fans this week. And I came to church, and you can ask my wife last night, I was not in the best place. If you went to the game, man, you wasted your money. (laughs) We got beat by a school that we paid to come and play us. It's crazy. It wasn't on TV, so I couldn't like will my team to victory. I had to listen to it, and I'm just sitting there irritated. And then Caddy's like, last night she came home, she was doing some Christmas shopping. She's like, you good? I'm like, no. I'm upset. Why? Well, Razorbacks lost to a terrible team. And she's like, I'm sorry. It's fine. New day, new me. I come up to the church. I see my good friend, Curtis Barnes, that I love. Three heart emojis. And he says, yeah, Kentucky beat North Carolina last night. What'd you say? You guys lost to what? You're like, you guys lost to Hofstra. Like their mascot is pride. What does that even mean? I don't even know where this school is. And I instantly, whatever was near me, I picked it up and I act like I was gonna throw it at him because that is what I felt in my heart. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I still love you. But in that moment, there was not peace. I was upset. I was convicted. I was passionate. 
Let me give you guys an example of a way that somebody could say something that could leave you feeling a way that you didn't know you wanted to feel. At my house, you know what we do? With the toilet paper, it goes under the roll. <laughs> and all my friends who go over the roll, you think I'm a terrible person. You're a, you think I'm a monster. You'll come to my house, you'll flip it over whenever you go to the bathroom. That's fine. I'll do the same thing when I come to your house. But we, we are like, oh, God, that guy's so dumb. Like, why? you have to go over the top. What if I told you that hot dogs aren't sandwiches? Are you okay with that? Okay, most people are. What about if I said water isn't wet? Like, we, we hear these things, and we become so passionate about it while these seem so trivial. Like, some of you are fighting back the urge to speak up and be like, hey, man, like, this, this I, I'm going to have to leave the room now. But those are things that we can let go of. What if I said that dogs are better than cats? Oh, okay. <laughs> Find your audience and then meet. There are cat people in here right now who feel totally attacked. And what I want you to know is, hey, I love you and I will come to your house uh, and I will have swollen eyes and I will still uh, enjoy dinner and flipping over your toilet paper rolls. But all of that to say this, what if I told you this? What if I said that I voted for one candidate over another? What if I did it on Facebook? Oh. oh my goodness. Or next door, do you guys have that app? It's like Facebook, but it's even worse. Where you're supposed to help your neighbors, but really all it is is people complaining about things. I've said that, and then one of you will be like, I'm, I don't think we could be friends on Facebook. Like, I, I can't do that. I can't listen to what you say. I, I can't do those things. What if, what if I were to say that God doesn't really exist? And in fact, I think the God that you worship is crazy and foolish and not real. How would you feel about that? You would be like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, I, I don't know about that. All that to say this, we're so quick to have responses to people. We love, for whatever reason, to, to defend people that we don't know. I, I don't know a single Razorback, Curtis. I don't know any of them. I was born in the same town as Devo. I'm sure we went to Walmart and didn't realize it together. Other than that, I don't know any Razorbacks. I've never met Musselman. I don't know anything about them. They could be great. They could be awful. They are at shooting threes and anything that's a basketball. But why am I so protective of them? Katie will tell me all the time, it's not like you were like put that team together. It's not like you wrote that book. It's not like you did that thing. And she's so right. I didn't. I don't know why I get so personally offended about things like that. And I say all of this to say this, we're so quick to have a response and a rebuttal, but we are so slow to just truly invest in people. And so what I wanted to do is this. I want us to look at Ephesians chapter two. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them up. And so this morning, as we look at the book of Ephesians for our main text, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. And he's speaking to the importance and the unity of Christ. And so as we look in Ephesians chapter two, I want you to see the language that Paul is using. If you don't have your Bibles, it's gonna be on the big one behind me. And it says this starting in verse 11, it says this, therefore, Remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcised, or called the uncircumcision, and this is in verse 11, by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Verse 12 says this, remember that you at one time were separated from Christ. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
for he himself is our peace. Do you hear that? Because of the blood of Christ, he says that he is our peace. And it says this, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of the commandments expressed in the ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in a place of two, so making peace. In verse 16, it says this, it might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. In verse 17, it says this, and he came and he preached peace to you who were far off and peace to you who were near. Here's what I want us to understand. If you like to write down things, I love to take notes and make points, but I like to keep them so that you can remember them. And the first one is this, is that people need peace. We need peace. We do. Could you imagine if when somebody said something that you disagreed with, you didn't meet them with a response, but you thought about it before you fired something off, before you said something, and your response was that of love. And see, what Paul is talking about here is he understood this as someone who interacted from, with people from all walks of lives. Paul would go to these different cities, meaning all different types of people. While he was on these missionary journeys and the, the Gentiles that were mentioned in verse 11, they were called the uncircumcised. They experienced two types of alienation. The first was social. And so this social alienation was resulting in the animosity that existed between the Jews and the Gentiles for thousands of years. And so they have this hostility that has been brewing for years. They need to experience peace. But the other one and the more significant type of alienation was spiritual alienation. Because the Gentiles were cut off from God. And in previous ways, as we saw in Scripture, be it through separation from Christ, it talked about alienation from the commonwealth of Israel, talked about strangers to the covenants and the promise of God, they were called people without hope, and they were called without God in the world. All of these were ways that the Gentiles were described in the Bible. And part of that is because what the Gentiles did is that they had many gods, and they did not recognize the one true God. Gentiles were people that were not at peace with the Jews. And so what happened was is that Paul comes and he says, the message is unity in Christ. What we need is a hope that is found in Christ. And so for us to have that, Jesus is going to pay the ultimate price. And he's telling them that this is what Jesus did by his blood so that now I can preach peace. You realize that people need peace. And all throughout the Bible, the Gentiles needed the truth and the peace that is found in God. And so they were constantly reminded of who they were and who they were not and how they were wrong. The question that we must ask is, how often do we do this? Like we treat people a certain way based upon their thoughts, based upon their opinions. And we don't just love them the way that Christ loved them. Maybe you treat people a certain way because of how they look, because of how they dress, because of where they live, because of a nation of origin, because of, of, a, of a political party that they belong to. We're so quick to kind of factor in people and say that you're here and you're here and you're here. But do you realize like the blood of Christ covers all, like every single person. Peace has been made available to them. But we walk around and act as though it's only for my peace. It's only for my sake. So as we pick back up in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, look at what it says here. It says, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, 
but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. It says in verse 20 that built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In verse 22, it says this, in him you are also being built together in a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Here's the second thing that I want you to write down and, and actually remember, people are people, not projects. You're like, yeah, people are people, but do you know what that means? Every single person that lives on this earth created in the image of God perfectly and wonderfully made. Like, who am I to say that someone can't experience the goodness of God or that I would withhold that from them? How selfish are we as we come to church and, and we experience God's goodness? Be it through teaching, be it through worship, be it through community, we walk out of these doors and we keep that to ourselves. Listen, as a pastor, it hurts my heart because my desire is to not grow a congregation. It is to grow the kingdom of God. How many times do you walk out of here and then you neglect the needs of others? And I'm not talking about financial things. I'm talking about spiritual needs. I'm talking about emotional needs. I'm talking about loving people who aren't being loved. Like when you drive by somebody who doesn't have a house, like you see somebody, like does your heart break for them or are you just mad that they're standing on that corner? Like for me, my heart truly hurts for people who are not going to have family around them at Christmas time and they don't have a home to even experience Christmas in. Like for them, that, that hurts. If you go right out here at this, this big exchange, I don't know the name of it, where 430 comes into I-30, if you go over there, there's like two retention ponds and if you look back there, there's an entire community of homeless people that live back there. There's tents, there's lean-tos, it's impressive. You can't see it in the summer because the trees are all grown up, but in the winter, you can see straight in there. My heart hurts for them. Like, what, what, is, what is their peace? What is their hope? Because if it's not Jesus, like, man, there's a world who has something incredible. There is a group of people right here, less than a mile away, who know God's goodness and love that. Like, that's an opportunity to serve those people. I don't know them. I don't know their situation. But what I do know is this is that it's probably not going great for them since how they're living in the woods right now. But as I think about that, we aren't called to love people like us. We are called to love all people. God sent his son to the earth as the missing piece, the atoning sacrifice that covers a multitude of sins. That should be the thing that unites all of us. Instead, we put all of our hope and our peace and so many other things. I love what it says in verse 19, that we are no longer strangers and aliens. He says, but you who follow citizens with the saints are members of the household of God. You realize how incredible that is? We're no longer strangers. We're no longer aliens. God says you are chosen, you are loved, and I want you to experience that. And the great equalizer is that we all have access to the same gospel. We are giving something that is so incredible. And sometimes we're, we're guilty of this inside the bounds of the church where we compare our church to other churches. Have you ever said something negative about another church? The way they do something, the style they have, the way they worship. Maybe their, their pastor may be a little charismatic, right? Maybe a little flashy. They may do things in the community that you don't like. And what do we do? Try to tear them down. Why? It's because we feel like we have to build ourselves up. You ever been guilty of that in your life where you tear someone else down to lift yourself up? Why? 
It's because we're not finding the true peace. We must be aware of the people around us and their need for the gospel. Every single person created in the image of God, sins paid for by the blood of Jesus. This has to be our mindset in order to find the peace and the love for all people. So people are not projects, people are people. Look at what it says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. It says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. What if you, you started looking at people not as projects, not as opportunities to serve, but just as people? What if you looked at them as like your sons and your daughters? What if you looked at them like your, your best friends? If your best friend was living out in a tent right here, would you take care of them? Absolutely. You would at least bake them a casserole or something, right? And I'm not saying all of us rush over there and do something right now. But what I am saying is this, is that we have to have the mindset that we are the ones who bring and introduce the peace of who Jesus is and how great he is. Why do you do what you do? And, you know, I just, I just have the hope of God that dwells inside of me, and I want people to know that. Like, as we sing these songs and we worship a God that is so incredible, do people outside of these walls experience how incredible God truly is. And it brings us to our third and final point is this, is that peace is a choice that we must make. People need peace, all right? People are people, not projects. And then peace is a choice that we must make. When you experience the peace that can only be found in Jesus, you have to share that. We have to live that out. My peace is not dictated by circumstances. Last night, it was. Why? And I was just thinking about it. I'm like, why do I let things bother me that do not have kingdom implications? Why do I let a sporting event be the thing that like makes or breaks my day? Why, why do I let last week was national signing day? If you are into sports, can I just see like hands like people so I know like who to look at? If you like sports and you're like, why did that 18 year old kid not come to my school? <sighs> like, right, I'm like, this is silly. And if you're an adult that like sends tweets to those people, please stop that, right? It's embarrassing. But I let my peace be dictated by the choice of someone that I've never met. It's crazy to me. And you're like, oh, I see you love sports and all that. I'm trying. I'm like, what do I just quit watching sports? I know it's happening. I'm like, I wonder what happened in the game. And then I see, like, I don't know how to change my heart. Just, I guess, more like reading scripture and less watching TV and things like that. But when you experience the peace that can only be found in Jesus, we have to share it. We have to live it out. And we have to be the people who say, this is not going to be the thing that dictates how my life goes. It's not dictated by sporting events, missed opportunities. It's not found in a jam-packed schedule. Peace is found directly in the hope of Christ. And at Christmas, it isn't found at a store. It's not found on Amazon. It's not found across the street at the distribution center. Trust me, it is not peaceful over there right now. It is crazy, all right? It's not even found under a tree. The peace of the world was found in a manger all those years ago, promised for all these years. And they're saying this is the coming hope. As Tyler read about the, the prophecy earlier, about the Messiah coming, that is the missing peace. That is the thing that we need. First John chapter 5, verses 13 and 14 say this, I write these things to you 
who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he will hear us. That hope of eternal life, that hope of a savior creator who, who hears what we say and has a conversation with us, how incredible is that? So what do we do with that? Like what we need to do is we need to choose peace. Our peace in Christ and the eternal hope that we should have should be a catalyst in which we love people and we show them that they have way more value than the world has told them. We all want peace. We all desire that. Peace is one of the most expensive things, but it costs us absolutely nothing to give it to somebody. Do you realize that? We experience the ultimate peace by Jesus dying on the cross for us. And yet it's free for me to open my mouth and share it with other people. Some of you in here this morning, and I want to call the band back up, some of you here this morning, you maybe have spent an entire life chasing down something only to find out that's not it. How sad would it be to run your entire life trying to find peace and joy and happiness and you think it's in this spot or that spot? I'm just here to tell you right now, like spoiler alert, like the missing piece that is Jesus. And if that piece is missing from your life, you're going to spend an eternity searching for something that's right in front of you. And I think about Christmas time, and I think about how peace is something that is, is always thrown around. Like peace on earth, goodwill towards men. Listen, I don't know about goodwill towards men. I love the store, but I'm here for the peace on earth, right? I guess that comes, it's, it's peace on earth and then the goodwill towards men happens, all right? And so peace on earth is something that we want, that we desire. Jesus coming to the earth, giving his life for our sake costs him everything. We must be willing to make the choice and say, I want to pass on peace to others. But we have to choose peace. And let this season be a reminder of the value of what Christ coming to this world is truly about. Parents, it is your responsibility. Christmas is not about presents. It is not about Santa and reindeers and all the other stuff. Christmas in your house should be about the peace on earth that came through a baby that was born Messiah and now lives as a Savior. Like adults in this room, maybe you don't have kids, students in this room, what is your focus? What is your hope? What is your peace found? And if it's not found in Jesus, here's what I would challenge you to do right now. Like as a time of, of response, I don't know if you guys know this, but response means to like respond to what you heard. And I'm not the person who's like, come down here to the front and I want to see everybody down here. But I think sometimes we need to be told what to do. And so I'm, this is me telling you what to do. If Jesus is not where your peace and hope are found, you need to ask God to reveal to you where is your peace and hope found and then how can you remove that to truly experience that. Some of you need to have a relationship with Jesus and that's the first start. You need to ask Jesus into your heart so that you can truly understand the saving grace and the nature of who Christ truly is. Some of you, it's schedules. Some of y'all need to learn the word no. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, you're, you're already thinking like today you have a lunch at Cracker Barrel that you've got to be at with your second cousin once removed and you got them a gift and you don't even know what they like. 
So it's just a gift card. Or maybe you found something in the, the store there attached, right? Like you're like, here's a Furby. I, I don't know. Like whatever it was, where is your peace town? And so my challenge to you this morning is this. Whatever you've got to remove or push aside so that you can solely focus on Christ, that is what it has to be about. Our peace with others is not contingent upon the peace that we have found through anything else other than the peace that we have with Christ. And that then flows out in the value that we place on the lives of others. So as we find the missing piece this Christmas season, it's not enough just to find it, but we have to be people who give it. And so I wanna pray for us, but as a time of response, man, I just ask, how would your life be different if peace flowed out of you through what Jesus was actively doing in your life, through the work that Christ has done for you? And I'm guilty of this myself. I just told y'all, there's twice like in the last 12 hours where I was like, I lost my mind and I, I accosted a coworker. <laughs> like it happens, but how can I recenter and say, that's not what it's about. This is not what brings me peace. <clears throat> this is not the thing that I should be pursuing, like chasing the wind.